Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is Meteorg Analysis, the show that we promise is going to have a better title next time. Uh, we're here today to, as always, cover a movie that had an ARG or is about an ARG. This month we are covering Cloverfield, uh, which launched with an ARG. Marn, what'd you think of this big old spooky monster movie? Um, so I've, this is probably like my fourth time watching this movie, I want to say. Uh, I originally saw it in theaters, like, the month that it came out. I really like this oh, movie. Yeah? <laughs> it's not, like, the best movie that exists, but it's, like, a fun movie to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, this is my first time watching this movie, and, uh, there were, like, three times that I almost picked up the phone to message you and just say, this movie rules. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I've been sleeping on cloverfield for so long i have weird feelings about this movie because like the first time i saw it i had been really really into like the arg that was like leading up to it and so the arg um which we'll talk about eventually um it basically has a, a lot of like depth of backstory and like a lot of character development for like basically all of the main characters and i was like kind of disappointed that none of that is in the movie the first time i saw it but Mm -hmm. like watching it every time afterwards and like being able to kind of divorce it from like the marketing material it's like yeah this movie rules (laughs) sure uh yeah i definitely get that i uh, it's a movie that has like the characters are pretty i don't want to say they're underdeveloped because like I feel like they're developed as much as you need them to be for a movie that's just like found footage monster movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not here. I don't need like a big tearful scene where a person explains backstory, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, for what the movie's going for, I thought this movie was really good, but I can definitely understand like wanting that more or expecting there to be more. I, 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 I assume that it's kind of like when, uh, I know when we were playing the John Dies at the End ARG uh, for one of the books, we had a group that went and saw the John Dies at the End movie. um, And we were like, how was it? And they were like, it was fine. Yeah. (laughs) We're all a little too close to the book, but like as a movie goes, it was fine. But it's not the book. (laughs) So I can definitely understand like... uh, getting i don't want to say too attached to it before you go in and see it but like being deeply immersed in an arg probably doesn't do a lot for a uh a a character and plot sparse movie like this one yeah and like two of the characters who are like main characters in the arg show up like once in the background of a scene that like just aren't acknowledged (laughs) (laughs) that was i was looking into the uh the trivia about this movie and i saw a couple notes that was just like yeah these two characters from the arg are like at the party scene one of them's passed out and has no lines the other one i don't know how you know either of these characters are those characters from those scenes but i don't know maybe they're known for their eccentric hats or something yeah i think they're Um, like credited in the in the credits oh sure okay we're planning on starting to cover cloverfield in like that's going to be what we're going to start in march right (laughs) i forget if we talked about it but we can i have all of the like stuff for it saved weirdly i feel like we we were gonna 
we were we were going to cover Cloverfield last March. Yes, correct. And then the the um, pandemic happened. The <laughs> pandemic happened, and we were like, you know what? I don't really want to see is like lockdowns and shit. Like, I don't want to yeah. see this kind of like horror footage. So we decided to go with something else. I'm gonna pull up Pinecast real quick and see what we ended up doing because I feel like. I'm just now realizing, I feel like we've been kind of putting off covering this ARG for like a year. I feel like we did. Yeah. Yeah, you know what it was? We were like, let's do it. And then we were like, actually, what if we went in and did. Yeah, we were, we were going to do it. We were going to start uh, Cloverfield. And then we decided, you know what? Let's go for something more upbeat. Let's start Lonely Girl 15. And then that went for eight years. Yeah. And then we were like, well, let's do like some quick little ones. And so we did Pizza Time Pizza, Meet Sleep, or Knock uh, 10, uh, 21 Pilots. And then we were like, it's time for the Beast. And then we just like kept doing a couple big ones and then little short ones. And then we're now we're finally getting around to doing Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. So hell yeah. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that we would do a podcast about the movie before we did the ARG, but here we go. <laughs> I think that'll be interesting, though, because, like, I experienced the ARG leading up to the movie, and I, I feel like it will be interesting for you to, like, experience the movie and then kind of work backwards through the ARG. Yeah, I know uh, this is a weird comparison point, but I know that I've been on um, I've been on We Are a couple times uh which is the you know the network's uh one piece rewatch podcast if if y'all want to watch the, or listen to that uh, it's a lot of fun but one of the things that's weird about going onto that series is that their structure for it is that jory is doing first time view of the show uh and joe is doing a rewatch where they're caught up already um but the thing about them both is that like well the thing about joe is that they jumped in like a lot of the way through the series. Um, and so it's kind of weird as someone who started with the show and like was watching it back in like, I was about to say eighth grade, but like when I was eight, I mean, mm-hmm. um, and I've been like, was weekly for such a long time watching it and reading it where I'm just like, Oh no, I remember when this like was freshly laid out before me, there was never a time where I was watching the show knowing that like there's seven years worth of anime to come after this. Um, so I'm. This is a long roundabout way of getting to the fact that like, it's probably going to be neat. Uh, where I'm coming in, being like, yeah, I live in a post Cloverfield world. I know there's Cloverfield and two spinoff sequels. Um, whereas you were just like, I ran into the ARG that launched this and had no idea what was coming next. And like, especially because the before this movie came out, nobody had any idea what it was going to be. Like, I don't know how much you know about the marketing for this movie, but it was like kept so incredibly secret that like nobody knew what the movie was really going to be about it started with like it was like a trailer that didn't even have a title for the movie yeah it was just like new york getting destroyed Mm -hmm. um and then the iconic shot of like the statue of liberty's head getting knocked off and sitting on the corner of a street right like it yeah, wasn't even, and then, and then no at characters the end, no anything yeah and then at the end it said like 11808 which was like the release date and then they had the the website 11808 that was like the beginning of the arg um and so yeah like a lot of the stuff leading up to this and during the arg was just like people 
speculating what the movie was actually going to be about and like fighting over how to interpret like the one minute and 30 seconds of footage they had. (laughs) Wild. Yeah. I can imagine that if you've spent how, how long, how long was that around? Would you say? Um, the, the arg itself. Yeah. Uh, the first trailer came out in July, 2007. Okay. So about six months. I, I can imagine if you were, like, if you spent a lot of time working and trying to figure out what this movie was going to be for six months, then, like, this movie comes out. And I don't want to give this, I don't want it to sound like I'm being too hard on the movie because I really enjoyed it. But, like, the plot's kind of bare bones, you know? It's just like a, it's a, it's a horror movie of yeah. people trying to get out of New York, you know? Um, I can imagine that mm-hmm. would be kind of disappointing. You're just like, where's all the secret the secret stuff that we've been unearthing for six yeah, months. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, this movie feels like the kind of thing where... I'm going to make a prediction where uh, when we get through the ARG, I'm going to be like, oh, I like this all less now because I know too much about Cloverfield. And what <laughs> I liked about the movie Cloverfield was the atmosphere and like not knowing anything and the feeling that that gave you. Yeah, I, I, I think that you might because that was how i felt the first time i saw it if we if we learn what the monster is or where it's from i'm gonna be very upset (laughs) Uh uh-oh uh-oh it's true oh no (laughs) um kid can i just say the soundtrack of this movie is insane uh not like so? the not like the score but like the the diegetic music they play during the party <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah the move the i remember hearing a couple songs i was uh what songs there was one that stood out to me um oh that song uh suicidal from uh what's that kid's name do you remember do you Oh, oh, the, the Sean, yeah, Sean that King song Fish. where I was just like, oh, I haven't heard this since I was in like eighth grade. I know. Fuck. I was watching it. I was like, this is like absolutely exactly the music that would play at a party in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I was like suddenly transported back to every bar mitzvah I ever went to in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little weird revisiting this movie uh in 2020 when are we 2021 uh it's it's weird revisiting it where any movie where someone's like oh it's weird that you have that camera on you at all times is and they have to like go out of their way to justify it really hard uh it's so funny nowadays where it's just like oh yeah of course i have my camera on me it shoots in hd the camera that i carry in my pocket at all times films at a higher quality than the thing this guy was lugging around with him the entire movie yeah, I think this movie a little bit suffers from, like, being kind of the very beginning of the found footage horror craze. hmm Because it, uh, they really do feel the need to justify a lot of things that, like, contemporary found footage movies just sort of don't address. Because, <laughs> like, I I, I... I will say... Go ahead. No, no, oh, okay. So, 
because like i feel like contemporary found footage horror movies are like you know why you're here you know this is a found footage movie like we don't really have to explain this to you but like because they weren't very prominent still in 2008 they were like yeah we gotta we gotta explain why they keep the camera all the time and we have to keep explaining it (laughs) yeah yeah i will say i was um not that I was trying to like watch the movie to cinema sends it, but like I, I, I always do kind of have a, an eye out for like, I love in movies that are like supposedly shot in one takes or something. I like keeping an eye out to be like, where did they hide a cut and stuff like that? Um, so for a movie like this, I am like, am I noticing anything that's like, is there a point where they have to like climb a ladder with two hands or something like that? It's like, wait a minute, you can't do that with a camera. Uh, and this movie is really good about like, being accurate about what someone could do with a camera in their hands the camera's made out of adamantium yeah the camera like... gets beaten up so much <laughs> like that's the only like thing to really take uh issue with i think in the camera stuff but as far as the like ability to film stuff while moving and all i, I feel like it's surprisingly down to earth and well done for such an over-the-top movie yeah i agree but yeah, this movie was uh this movie was really good. Y'all should uh y'all should check out Cloverfield. Uh if you haven't already or don't care about spoilers, we're going to get into it in a second here to go into detail, but like this movie's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. I I like it. <laughs> I've seen it a bunch of times. I still like it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um uh, All right, how do we want to cover this? Do we want to just go through the plot? Yeah, let's do it. You've seen it like 8,000 times, so tell me about Cloverfield, the movie <laughs> I just watched. I mean, I'm still going to read off a summary. Um, so, so the kind of whole frame story of this movie is that like it's a camcorder that's recovered by the military uh, in what they call the area formerly known as Central Park. So at the beginning, you, you pretty much know they're all going to die. Like, they, yeah. they broadcast that pretty clearly. Um, <laughs> but, and and the other part of the frame story is that, like, the entire thing is being taped over footage that's already on the camera. Mm-hmm. Which is very cool and not a thing that a lot of other found footage movies do, I think. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all, which was a very cool way to show... Like, I feel like I got the relationship between... Uh, beth and rob within like instantly where i was like okay this is a this is a this is footage they filmed like a month ago this is today uh after he apparently ghosted her for a month like cool interesting i i get these characters immediately now yeah it's like a really cool and interesting setup and then like throughout the rest of the movie you still see like flashes of that like original tape Uh uh-huh which is very cool. I, w- I wish more found footage movies did that. <laughs> I can't think of another one that does. I mean, like, some start out with, like, old footage or whatever. But I, I feel like there's very few that kind of have it interrupt the plot like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that a whole lot. I thought it added a lot of uh, character to why this was happening the way that it was. Um, yeah, and it, like, reminds you why Rob is, like, actually going out of his way to like go and save beth yeah there's a lot of people that like respond to a movie plot like this where they're just like why would the guy care so much he should just leave the city 
And it's like, well, maybe you should like pay attention to what the movie's telling you, which is like <laughs> in the other tape. So I, I don't know. It it frustrates me. It's like it's the language of cinema. You got to watch it and like, yeah, see what the movie's telling us. This is why he's doing it. You're right that it's not the smart thing to do, but like, I I'd never want to watch the movie about the smart thing to do in a pandemic in in this <laughs> scenario. You know, yeah. it's just a movie about people slowly walking out of the city. Well, Every I once mean, in a while, they... you see a military person that's just like, keep going, keep going, move along, move along. They do try to do that. I mean, we'll get into it, I guess. Yeah, we'll uh, get into it. <laughs> so, and and then it skips forward to uh, Rob's friends, or his brother and his brother's girlfriend and his friend Hud are uh, throwing this, like, surprise party for him because he's leaving to move to Japan and, like, start his new job that they never say what it is. They say he's like the vice president of something. Uh, they don't yeah. ever elaborate. Um, they do in the, in the arg though. <laughs> uh, is it Kaiju Corp? Is he the vice president of <laughs> monster research? Maybe. Um, cool. I was joking. I hope that's not true. No, it's not true. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> um, and so they, so his brother Jason has the video camera and then kind of like passes it off to HUD because he doesn't want to do the like videographer job at the party. Um, and is like, hey, film like testimonials from people telling Rob how they feel about them. Um, uh-huh. And then there's like, okay, I was surprised. I didn't remember how fucking long the party sequence is. It's like the first like half hour of the movie. It's surprisingly long. It's, it's so long. It's a good 20 minutes, I think. There was there was yeah. a time where I was watching it and I was thinking to myself like I really feel like military footage would have like I feel like at some point someone looked at the other one and was like, "Can we cut the first 10 minutes of this for the briefing?" <laughs> it's just funny to me that it's like it's it's funny with the frame story of this being like military footage it's taken up yeah it's got to be funny to be like a military person in the thing that's just like wow i'm really invested in these characters <laughs> it really this is, is all like... really playing out like a screenplay huh yeah it really is just like 20 minutes of like people having a nice time at a party <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> and uh and you meet uh marlena who is uh like rob's brother's girlfriend's friend who like hud has a crush on and like very and who awkwardly... can blame him it's lizzie kaplan i love lizzie kaplan yeah lizzie kaplan's great uh, and hud tries to like awkwardly interview her and she like thinks that he's like a professional videographer <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really good um, i thought the party the party scenes it's surprisingly funny uh yeah. normally they're like i will say the the like the twenty minutes before the plot gets rolling usually sucks in movies like this, and this one's not like super great, but it's funnier than I expected it to be, and like more interesting than I expected. I I liked the party a lot. Yeah, I did too. It's it it's got good like character moments in it, and um. So then so then obviously Rob shows up, and they're all like surprise, whatever. Um, and then his ex girlfriend Beth shows up with a new boyfriend. Yeah, she shows up with Jonah from Superstore. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, and then they have a fight, uh, and Beth leaves, and then Rob like goes outside onto the fire escape or whatever to like be sad with his brother Jason. Uh, and then there's an earthquake <laughs> and a power outage. 
Yeah, uh, a big shake and a boom happens, and people are like, we need to go up to the roof. And I was like, yeah, I, the roof is the last place I want to be in an earthquake. Yeah, and this is where, if if you've ever seen like the very iconic like trailer footage for Cloverfield, like that is what happens here, where they're like on the roof, and then they go down to the street, uh, and they're like on the street, and then the Statue of Liberty head like lands in the street right in front of them. You get that iconic shot of the Statue of Liberty head getting thrown across New York. Oh, it's so good. I I, I will say there's a, a funny thing that I learned. Um, when I watched the movie, I thought, and the Statue of Liberty head has to be bigger than that. Um, I thought it looked really small. And then I looked up trivia after the movie and they were like, yeah, during the trailer, people thought that the movie, that the head looked too small. So they had to size it up for the movie. And That's I was like, so oh, funny. damn, apparently I'm way wrong because I think it's small, even though it's like twice the size it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I also really like the uh, the poster for Cloverfield. It's very iconic. I, it's the. I don't know that I ever. It's just the Statue of Liberty from behind with the head gone. Yeah. Uh, if you just search like Cloverfield poster, yeah, yeah, it's a good poster. I feel like this was like, I don't know if it was. I don't remember if it was discussed at the time because I was like in middle school. This is like very provocative, like imagery post nine eleven. I feel like it's. There was a minute where I was watching it where I was like, "Is, is this movie really?" pulling on 9-11 imagery or do i just think that anytime a movie has a disaster take place in new york i think oh like 9-11 because i was alive during it yeah i was uh i was thinking that a little bit because they uh at the at the beginning when they're watching the news they're like oh is it a terrorist attack yeah 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 and they kind of like just never pick up that thread again. I was like, oh, I guess, I guess, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess they 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 see the monster pretty early on, so it's like, I bet that's yeah. not Al Qaeda. Like, <laughs> I don't know much about the organization. I don't think they have giant monsters. <laughs> it's like I was talking to people about this earlier while I was actually watching the movie, but it's like very interesting because like i know that part of the intent was for cloverfield to be kind of like uh, an iconic kaiju movie but like it doesn't necessarily have like the the level of like political commentary almost that like japanese kaiju movies can have so i i don't want to dig too deep into it I did watch Shin Godzilla like three days ago. <laughs> I know. And I was very interested in hearing your kind of take on having watched these two movies back to back. Yeah, I kind of did it. I did it accidentally. I wasn't, I didn't watch this thinking I'll be able to do strong commentary into Cloverfield, but I did. Wa- I, I have watched my first two kaiju movie over the past three days. So I'm ready to comment on the genre as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I feel like because like this, I know this... I know J.J. Abrams has said that like part of his intent behind making this is that like he went to Japan with like his young son and was like, uh, 
oh, America doesn't really have a lot of, like, iconic kaiju monsters like Japan does, and I want to make something like that. Right, so we were talking we were talking about um, the difference between Shin Godzilla and Cloverfield, and the the fact that, like, Cloverfield doesn't really have a lot of, like, deep political commentary, I feel like, and mm-hmm. that, like, the, really, like, the whole impetus behind creating the movie was because J.J. Abrams wanted, like, a marketable American kaiju monster. <laughs> well, I don't know how you... I, I don't know how he would think that he made a marketable one when he didn't show it in the movie at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. If, if there were, like, action figures and toys of the Cloverfield monster, like, I would be all over that. But, like, there aren't. So I feel like... <laughs> Cloverfield action figure. There might be, and I'm about to eat my words, but... No, I'm just curious... There is one. This thing is like a big, gross, bat-looking thing. Yeah. That's not the monster I thought I saw in the movie. And, like, I don't know. It's it, it's very weird that this whole movie was created on kind of, like, the the idea of, like, making a marketable, like, American monster movie franchise when that's really not the kind of movie they ended up making. <laughs> yeah, I um to compare this to um Shin Godzilla. I feel like uh just for a, a brief overview cuz we didn't tell people we were watching Shin Godzilla. So there's no reason for them to have done that. Um <laughs> Shin Godzilla is a 2016, 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. Uh, from it's a movie from a couple years ago uh that is um Hideaki Anno from uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, did a live-action Godzilla remake. Uh, remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, um, for uh, Toho, who's the original production company that did Godzilla movies. Um, and in this movie, uh, it's a return to form. It's basically the plot of the first movie. Godzilla comes out of the ocean, fucks up Tokyo, is eventually stopped by the people. Um you know, it's not the, you know, Godzilla doesn't fight Mothra. Godzilla doesn't, there's no other monster that Godzilla becomes a hero to fight in the end of the movie. Like we see in a lot of like the more recent American reboots. Uh, none of that is present. It's just a return to form for Godzilla. Um, and one of the neat things about that movie is that it is, uh, it is done from a point of view of looking at it from the government's point of view. And as like what a bureaucratic nightmare Godzilla is in the beginning, um, where you have different department heads fighting to figure out who should be dealing with this and who shouldn't be dealing with this and how can I pass the buck on dealing with the whole Godzilla problem. Um, and so we have like a movie there that is entirely like bureaucratically based, whereas um, Cloverfield is just like, it's entirely people on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just people with a handheld camera trying to document like what happened on the most fucked up night of their lives as a giant monster came and invaded New York city. Um, and so that's, I, I, I guess I don't want to, I don't know the genre well enough to say that they're both deconstructions or reconstructions or anything like that. But like, instead of the focus on a lot of Kaiju style movies where the focus is like 
on the monster and what it does and how it relates to the world around it and other things. This is these both of these movies are from like a separate point of view that look at it from an outsider perspective who does not have a full clear picture of what's going on and is working in what they're doing. Yeah, and like I, I, I think I said to somebody yesterday, like Cloverfield is really it feels like more of like a survival horror movie because you don't really mm-hmm. see the monster that much. Yeah, it's it's to me it's like a disaster film more than it is mm-hmm. a, you know, this is like the it's like a San Andreas Fault style movie where like you have a group of survivors who's like trying to get through this disaster and they start dying one at a time to like help the others escape. And that's basically Cloverfield, except what if the disaster, instead of being a shipwreck or whatever, or an earthquake or whatever other movie you have, what if your disaster was a giant fucking monster? Yeah, and like, the the first time I saw this, the thing that really kind of stood out to me is they, they use the monster very conservatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know in the very beginning of the, uh, not beginning of the movie, when the monster first hits uh, in the scene that we're currently talking about, because we didn't have an audio issue last night, uh, so I can get right back into where we are. Um, In the scene that we're talking about, like, we kind of see an elbow, maybe? Yeah, and then, like, like it, yeah. It, it shows up on camera for like half a second after they see the Statue of Liberty head. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not even that you, like... It's not even that you see it as much as it is like uh, you just see that something moves in an, like between two buildings. Um, you have to like, I'm sure if you knew it was going to be there, you could keep an eye out and like be ready to see it right as it's there in the beginning. But it's like, it's much more of a like, uh, I don't know how hawks track prey where they do it based on like, they're not looking in the bushes and they see a mouse. They like look and they're like, "That is what changed because something moved." You know what? I, th- there's a word for it, but I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and like it's really interesting because I feel like because it's a found footage movie, you get to have that sense of scale that like you might not otherwise be afforded for a movie like this because mm-hmm. because you're seeing it from the perspective of the people who are always on the ground. You're always only seeing like parts of the monster and not like a full wide shot of the whole monster right yeah uh in throughout the entire film we only see we see glimpses and pieces of it like and some of the clearer images we get early on are from like um it's him filming a screen that he's watching the news on Mm -hmm. um where you can see like helicopter footage but even that is like it's this thing darting between buildings and like um you like I, I i looked up the trivia the monster is only on screen for two minutes and like 17 seconds yeah that makes in sense. this movie <laughs> um and so like it's all of those scenes are it's obscured or it is moving and um you never really see it which is something that uh people do in horror filmmaking for things like like i know jaws uh they realized partially because they had a bad animatronic mm-hmm. but they were like we need to show this thing as little as possible to build suspense. Here they're doing the same thing, except the thing that they're not showing is a massive creature. Yeah. And not like a small hunter. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think it's I, I think it's really cool. It's a very cool decision. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I guess we should get back to talking about the plot. We only talked about like the first 30 minutes and then we got super <laughs> distracted. Yeah, we had some audio issues yesterday. So if this sounds a little disjointed, <laughs> the fact that I'm saying yesterday is the start of our recording uh, <laughs> should tip you off that stuff went a little haywire. Um, <laughs> but uh, forgive us if we're a little scattered with this one. Uh, it's mostly because we had to re-pick up on uh, recording. Um, so yeah, so the, there's the, the really iconic scene where they see the Statue of, of Liberty Head. Uh, they go into an electronics store, right? Yeah, we had to get our Nokia sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> That's not like so, in this summary, but I do remember that scene where they're like hiding in the electronics store. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things is that uh, Rob gets a, as like all this shit is going down, um... Rob gets a call from Beth, who's like, hey, I'm I'm stuck in my apartment. Um, I'm trapped. I don't know who else to call. Um, if there's anything you can do, please help me. And he's like, well, I he decides, like, I got to go. I guess at this point he ha- he can't really make out what the message is and his battery's dead. So he goes into an electronic store to, like, loot a bunch of phone batteries to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we get the news footage of the monster on these screens in a really cool shot because you see like people are just like taking electronics out of the store as stuff is hitting the fan and uh hud our guy who's the cameraman is like in searching for rob and he like turns around to go out and you just see a wall of people all looking like above him at a screen and he goes forward and turns around and there we see like the monster on news footage for the first time um it's a very cool thing. And then we see that there's little like parasites coming off of it oh, too. Yeah. There's like a yeah, there's like a news report where you see like the the like parasites coming off of the uh of the monster and like attacking soldiers cuz the military is now here. Mhm. Yeah, the military is here. Uh Rob has the batteries for his phone and that's it. Rob gets batteries for the phone and then he's like, "Great. Now I I have Nokia batteries, so I'm good to go." And then he calls uh Beth again, and he's like, well, okay, everyone's evacuating, the military's here, but we need to go in because we need to get Beth. Well, he calls Beth from the bridge, right? Does he? Am I Am I mixing stuff? Yes, you're right. I am. You're right. At this yeah, point, they... I watched the movie yesterday, so I'm a <laughs> <Yeah>. little, <laughs> little iffier than I was last so, night. <laughs> yeah, so so he, gets the, he gets the phone battery, and the military's like, all right, we're going to evacuate everyone. Uh, everybody go across the Brooklyn Bridge. Because they're mm-hmm. they're on Manhattan and they got to get to the mainland, um, and and they're on the bridge and Rob gets a phone call from Beth that's like, "Hey, I'm trapped in my apartment. I can't move. Whatever." And he freaks out and starts trying to go against the crowd, and HUD freaks out, and they, uh, Rob and HUD and Lily and Marlena get separated from Rob's brother Jason, who is farther along on the bridge, and then the monster. Mm-hmm like wax the bridge in half yeah its tail comes up and it just like it feels like an accident where it's just like mm-hmm. it just happens to like hit the bridge with its tail as it's moving through something and then the bridge just like starts to collapse and yeah jason dies oh, also a bunch of other people but he's the only one with a name yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so they they end up back in in manhattan um, and Rob is like, well, I'm going to go rescue Lily. And the rest of his friends are like, well, that's insane. 
<laughs> but I but I guess we'll come with you. Um, and then they go into the subway, right? Um. So there's a there's a scene first where they're like just walking through alleyways. Oh yeah, and seeing like some people that come by and are like hurt or wounded or just like trying to talk to them. I know he talks to a guy who um doesn't speak English for a second and they're you can tell that he's like panicking, looking for something. Um and then they like they turn a corner and there's just there it is. Yeah. Um and then like there's a big boom from behind them as like the military is charging down the street, shooting at it, and they like duck behind cars to try and survive and just a lot of <laughs> shit really hits the fan um and as the military is facing off with uh i keep wanting to say godzilla but it's not it's the cloverfield monster i don't know that it even has a name um, i know some people call it clover but that's not like official i don't think okay um so as they're facing off with clover uh Rob's like, I have a stupid idea. We're going to go get closer to the monster and get into the subway system because the, the entry's right there. Uh, so they all, like, book it and get to the subway and then, like, chill there for a minute because it's the first time they've had, like, silence and no monster for at least an hour. Yeah, and then they, like, have a fight of, about uh, Rob trying to go after Beth because uh, either... HUD or Marlene or Lily or somebody is like she's probably already dead like there's no point in doing this like we gotta get out of Manhattan um, mm-hmm. and Rob is like no 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 I'm gonna do this and like because I like I mean uh, this subtext is that he's in love with Beth but whatever and, yeah. and but he's basically just like no I'm gonna do this stupid idea and you can't stop me from doing it mm-hmm yeah, and they're uh, like, well, if you're doing the stupid idea, we'll just fucking go with you, I guess. Yeah, and then they walk through the uh, the subway tunnel, and you get, like, the tensest scene in the whole movie. I hated that. That was the, uh, the subway scene is the one scene that I had to, like, yeah. actively look away from. Um, and just, like, had to, like, I'm gonna pull up my phone, because I know how this is gonna go. Uh-huh. I'm gonna turn down the volume, um... And we'll see what happens when it happens. Yeah. So they're walking through the subway tunnel in the dark. <laughs> yep. Uh, as you they, do. <laughs> as you do. Uh, and they yeah. Just... They 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 realize. I don't know if we if we said it, they realize that they're like, well, we're in the subway tunnel. We can just like walk to another station. Yeah. So we're just gonna go down into the subway tunnels and do that and. It starts kind of funny because there's like some moments where the guy's like, do you remember that story? HUD, the the guy holding the camera, is very funny in this movie. Um, he reacts to trauma the same way that I would, which is being an idiot and making jokes. Um, and ju- he's just like, do you guys remember that like news story about the guy that was lighting homeless people yeah. on fire a couple years ago? And they're like, HUD, please shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's like, I'm just saying, it'd be like super fucking scary if a flaming homeless guy came out right now. <laughs> They're just like, HUD, shut the fuck up. We're in the middle of the subway trying to wander down and find shit. It's so good. He's constantly throwing out ideas of what he thinks the monster is. At some point, he's like, it's like a giant fish that came out like a cola can. Another time, he's like, what if it's like an alien? So, like, I, I don't know. I like having a character that's throwing out all these ideas of what this thing could be. Because it never feels like the uh, 
It never feels like that moment in a movie where you have, like, the dumb character say something that is oddly prescient that you should, like, take to be the fact of what's going on because someone said it. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's nice having a guy that's, like, just constantly throwing out ideas and he's just like, what is this? Because it tells you, the more things that it throws out of what it could be, it tells you more about what it isn't, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. It's just a big monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. And then little monsters attack. Yeah, they get it. So they get attacked by like the the parasite fleas, um, in the uh, in the subway tunnel. I thought that those were kind of dumb. Like on a, on a filmmaking point of view, I get why you have them in because you need like something to happen at each point, and having these little guys come in as a way to like do stuff but it really to me it kind of muddled up what was actually happening with this monster yeah no i i i kind of agree i think it's a cool premise but yeah i i feel like kind of the whole reason for it was they were like well we want them to get attacked by something in the subway and not just like have a nice time walking through the tunnel (laughs) yeah absolutely and you got i mean you're making a you're making a horror movie you can't have like a 40 minute stretch go by where nothing happens you know yeah and like it is interesting that they that there's like smaller scale danger that they have to worry about but it kind of pans out to not really be anything much yeah, it just kind of, to me, it takes away from, it ta- I feel like part of the appeal and interest of a movie like this is there is one giant threat. Yeah. Uh, and so when that giant threat turns, and obviously in that you have like the smaller threats of like, um, you, you know, as buildings are collapsing, you can get caught in the rubble. If it knocks over a bridge, like you can get killed when the bridge falls. It's not just this like this big monster doesn't have to seem like it has it out for each of our individual characters uh for them to be in danger but like yeah i I wish that there had been a little i don't know to me it lessens the threat of clover if you have a bunch of little tiny clover buds that pop (laughs) off of it you know no yeah i totally agree i mean like i get not wanting them to be attacked by just like a a regular person in the subway tunnel but like (laughs) what if a flaming homeless yeah, like, guy popped yeah. out like <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and they're like there's a monster are you what are you doing now's not the time for your hobbies mr light people on fire guy um so yeah so so marlena gets bitten by one of the uh the fleas mm-hmm. uh and then they they get out of the subway and they exit kind of in this like military field hospital i guess it's like, it's still like the subway station or it's like a shopping mall or something, but like it's been commandeered by the military. Yeah, they have like a, a station set up where they're like, we kind of know what's going on, but they say something in there. They're like, we don't know what it is, but it's winning. Um, and I thought that was a really telling line. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Um. And they talk to the military people. Is this when they find out that the, uh, oh no. So it's after this, uh, they talk to the military people and Marlena starts like bleeding from the eyes mm-hmm. and then she fucking explodes. Yeah. She starts bleeding from the eyes and they're like, Hey, can you help our friend? And they're like, ah, fuck. There's a bite. Uh, and I was like, what is this? A zombie movie? <laughs> and, uh, 
they like take her away and take her behind a curtain and she just pops it's it's real gross it's real gross um everybody scrambles we we i don't think we've we've said this uh we should have put between each and every one of these little scenes that we said everybody scrambles in which uh the camera gets dropped and then picked back up and it's just shots of people running distractedly from a uh in a found footage film field of view where it's just like oh i can't make heads or tails of what's going on but it is fucked up and i can tell that yeah yeah yeah. i think the the thing of marlena exploding is like really interesting i don't know if it's practical or special effects but it's like very cool yeah it's really it's a good looking scene yeah because they do it like behind a like a a a lit curtain so that you can Mm -hmm. see like the silhouette of it happening but you don't actually see it happen on on camera yeah and you can see the uh it's it's a it's a clear ish curtain i think so you can like when it hits you can tell that like that's blood baby um but like but yeah there's a lot it's it's like just uh censored enough to be harrowing without being like unseen you know what i mean it also happens like very fast yeah she goes from being like alive to just like straight up dead over the span of like maybe 30 seconds yeah it's it's very cool uh so so then they they end up in like a hallway with the military guys and rob's like i gotta go save beth i gotta go save beth and they're like okay but like after the last helicopters leave like we're gonna bomb manhattan and you will die (laughs) yeah this at this point i was like oh this is the guy that didn't like music (laughs) me too i was about to say that Uh, we have someone that gets infected and dies, and then uh, we get a military person who's fairly reasonable and says, look, you can get a chopper if you go to this place at this time, uh, but after that, we're going to start bombing and do the hammer down protocol. Uh, and he goes, great. And then they synchronize their watches, and uh, Paul starts singing. <laughs> um. So yeah, so so the military lets them go, and they're like, just just be on the helicopter before we bomb the city. Um. And then they make it to Midtown, uh, mm-hmm. and they and they get into the the whole sequence in the uh, in the apartment building is very cool. It's very it's so tense. Yeah, because uh, the apartment building is like destroyed. Yeah, they find that um, the apartment building that she lives in. It I guess it's like one of those buildings where like they share a lobby. Uh-huh. But then it has two towers. Yeah. And, and one of them is like knocked over onto the other one. Yeah. It's very, very cool. It's a very cool sequence. So they they have to like go through this building where like part of it is like literally tilted sideways. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, very... they cl- they they climb up the intact one and then yeah. like find the floor that is where the roof of the other one is and then Mm -hmm. have to like climb onto it from the intact tower and the entire time i don't do heights so like the entire time i'm just like all right i'm gonna shut this movie off and uh, (laughs) we're calling it a day so what happens in the ending no i'm joking um but yeah it was a very intense sequence yeah i also don't do heights (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I've but I've seen this movie enough that like I know what happens and I can like sit there and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so then so then they find Beth. She's on like one of the top floors, right? And she's uh she can't move because she's impaled on like a piece of rebar. Yeah, like the guy didn't like musicals. Yeah, exactly. 
connecting the dots. <laughs> the guy who didn't like musicals is actually just a stealth adaptation of Cloverfield. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they, Check out they... my 40-minute YouTube <laughs> video essay. And so they have to... They, like, have to pull her off of the rebar, which is very gross. But it also, like the Marlena thing, doesn't happen on screen uh, mm-hmm. because this is a PG-13 horror movie. Yeah, because uh, they're like, we, yeah, they're like, HUD, we need you, to, like, we need your help. We need all of us to do this. Uh, put down the camera. And he does in a way that, like, it's, like, the wound is off screen. But, like, we see her from the legs down as they're just, like, great. And countdown, like, three, two, one, lift to, like. I don't know, it's a straight-up piece of rebar, so they're just like, if we lift in that angle, it's gonna hurt like a motherfucker, but she'll be off of it. And, uh, yeah, it, I hated every moment of it. Which is kind of weird, because I thought you're not supposed to, like, move an impaled person off of the thing that they're impaled with. That is entirely, yes, she, if this weren't a movie, she would have, like, almost immediately died of blood loss. Yeah! But... (laughs) Uh, but no, she gets up and she's fine and she can run around with the big dogs now because she's free. Um, because it's a movie. But it's but, still yeah. like it's still kind of a gross scene, even though they don't actually show anything. Mm-hmm. Well, there's another part of the movie coming up where like uh, it's one of those things where um, after an event, they just like grab one of the people and pull on him to like get him out of the spot that he's in. Yeah, and like. That is definitely not what you're supposed to do in a situation like that, because yeah. if they like if their uh, neck is broken, which is something that could have happened in a scene like that, uh, I'm I'm talking around an event that we'll see in two minutes and that you all saw in this movie if you watched it for this. So I don't know why I am. But like the proper first aid course of action is to not move someone if they've uh, if they could have hurt their neck. Um And them doing that the entire time I was just like, that's not the ideal way to do it. At the same time. There are some ideal things that have to go out the window in a if a giant monster is attacked. Like, ideally, the person's healthy. Like, that's the most ideal first aid <laughs> scenario. Uh, sometimes the most ideal course of action isn't what you have to take. And so, like, for this one, for the movie, you got to get her off the, the spike, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. But yeah, it's 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 kind of a gross scene, even though they they don't really show anything. Mm-hmm. It's all done by her screaming and. Uh, Oh boy, I don't do that well. Yeah. Um. So then, so so then, yeah. Uh, Beth is fine. They leave the apartment building. They they get on the the military helicopters. Yeah, they go. They put uh Lily um onto one of the helicopters, and then they wait for the other helicopter. You'd think they would have put Beth on that first one, just as a like, hey, you got you got a big old hole in your shoulder. Yeah, you would think that. But I guess they they wanted Robin. They wanted they they needed the three other characters to be together. I get that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lily but, Lily gets out like she's fine. yeah she's gone she's out as far as we know she's safe. Yep. Um, and then uh and then they get on a helicopter and uh they start to take out and then they see like as they're taking off they watch from above as like a plane starts dropping bombs onto uh Clover and uh. It looks like it's taken out until, I guess it jumps out of the bombing area at the helicopter. I didn't yeah, get that scene. They like they see it. Uh, they see the military like bombing Clover, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's dead. Whatever, cool, awesome." Um, and then it 
so it, it like goes down and then it kind of like very suddenly stands back up and it's kind of unclear if it attacks the helicopter on purpose or if the helicopter is just kind of like in the way mm-hmm. um and then the the helicopter crashes yeah it was weird that uh it was weird that like this helicopter crashing like everyone survives it oh also a helicopter crash is just like i hit in like musicals um but it's weird that like everyone survives this helicopter crash with like no real scrapes or bruises you know yeah i was thinking that when i was watching it i don't i don't think i ever kind of internalized that the last couple times i watched this movie but it is very weird i mean i guess the pilot dies right yeah i guess so uh, but then, yeah, they drag, uh, it looks, I think Rob might be unconscious and they like drag him out of the helicopter, which is the scene where you, you should not do that if a person is potentially snapped their neck in a yeah, helicopter I mean, like, accident, but they're all unconscious, I think. Cause like an hour passes between, uh, when they crash and when they kind of wake up. Oh, really? I didn't catch that. I don't know. Wikipedia says that I didn't catch it either. Okay. Uh, it says it's less than an hour later, so I I guess time passes. Um, gotcha. Okay. And then they hear that like the the hammer down, like the the bombing of Manhattan is gonna happen, uh, and they're like, "Oh fuck, we gotta go." Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get Rob out from underneath like the the helicopter rubble, and they're running across Central Park, uh, and HUD drops the camera or has dropped the camera. Uh, and he goes back for it, and then you get, like, the coolest shot in this movie where he uh, is pointing the camera towards Rob and Beth, and they're like, hey, you gotta go now. Like, come on, come on, come on. And he turns around, and the creature is just standing there. Yeah, Hud, like, turns around to get the camera. I don't know how he didn't see the monster, but it's fine. But uh, he goes and, like, grabs the camera, and as he turns to look at them, they're just looking back at him just, like, agape. And you turn yeah. around and just... I didn't like that they showed this full-on shot of the monster. I I really wish that we never saw like a full shot like this. I kind of like it because I just like this whole sequence. I think it's neat. <laughs> it's a it's a I think the end result of the sequence is really good, but I I just wish that we didn't see this full like f- yeah, couple I, second I glance up at the monster. Um and then like just the mouth just comes down and grabs HUD. And we get to see like crunches him right up. <laughs> just crunches him right up. We get to see it's like we see like the mouth come down and like the camera lifts and like you can tell that the person that the camera is being held by is being eaten by a monster. Uh-huh. And then like uh we we don't see a lot, but we see just enough NOA that it's like I don't know. The way that it comes out is just very uh, crunchy, and uh, yeah. it looks very good. And then eventually, the like, I guess his top half gets bit off because like it falls back down to the ground, and like we just focus on his dead body for a few uh-huh. seconds, and then I Rob comes and picks the camera back up, and then they keep running. It's wild. It's it's a really good sequence. It's a great sequence. Um. So yeah. So so Hud uh, gets bitten in half, I guess. Uh, and uh, Rob takes a camera and then 
the the military starts bombing uh, Manhattan. So he and Beth are like hiding under this bridge, I guess is what it is, or like an archway or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do like Blair Witch Project style like single person testimony about like the the attacks. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of whatever. I mean, like it's a nice scene. Yeah, I, uh, something that always gets me in scenes like that is when a person says, like, if you're watching this, you probably know a lot more about what's going on than I do, uh, but I'm here. Um, I, 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 it always gets me when someone says something like that, because it's just like, oh, yeah, like, you kind of lose sight of the fact that this person is just reacting and doesn't, like, Whoever's watching this tape, I, I guess in this case it's a military briefing or whatever, they know that, like, two weeks ago a military thing... Like, two weeks ago a military operation was carried out against uh, a giant creature in downtown, blah, 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 or whatever. But to him, it's just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm so out of the loop. But, like, I'm probably about to die and this really sucks. What the fuck was that monster? Yeah. It's cool. And then, uh... I think Beth starts to film hers, and I think in hers, like, bombs start falling, and then I think they say, I love you, and then uh, Matt, just a, a very close bomb goes off, and uh, everything fades. Yep. Uh, oh, no, no, it, it, go ahead, sorry. Uh, and then it goes back to their, their Coney Island trip. Yeah, it cuts back in the last minute of the movie is their Coney Island trip, and it cuts back to her, and she says, I had a good day, um, which is a great, great last line for this yeah, movie. it's really good. Also, in that in that scene, uh, you see something falling from the sky into the ocean. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, let me see if I can find it on YouTube. It's like I must really, have missed that. really easy to miss. But it's definitely there. Okay. Does that mean it's an alien then? or Man, I um, wish they didn't answer that. I don't want to know what it is. I mean, they don't really answer it. The ARG kind of answers it. Okay. Um, but, 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 let me see if I can find it. I found footage of it, but it's like someone recording it on their laptop and their mouse is in the way. <laughs> They're talking in the back. Oh, yeah. Okay. Huh. I know this video says it's a satellite, but it's ambiguous. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, this one says it's a satellite. Uh, and then the top left corner is inside a mind who has the, uh, the title, This is not a satellite. <laughs> uh, so who could say? Who could say? Um, and then there's like an after credits thing where there's like a voice saying help us at the end of the credits. Um, and if you reverse it, it says it's still alive. And that voice is Matt Reeves, director of Cloverfield. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a bummer. I, 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 I huh. I, I'm sure that I'm going to get into this when we do the, uh, the arg around it. But like anything that's trying to take this into like a larger mythology uh takes me out of it entirely i'm like uh -oh. I, don't, I don't i don't i don't care that it's still alive i don't care that like i i to me this this is this is a movie about like people on the ground watching a, a horrific thing happen to their city and like 
that's what this movie should be about. And it, it kind of bums me out anytime that they're just like, here's how we can tie it into the larger extended Cloverfield <laughs> universe. Well, I can't, I mean, obviously there's no true sequel to Cloverfield. Like, I, I could tell you with pretty firm certainty that, like, there is nothing in the other movies to suggest that the Cloverfield monster is still alive. <laughs> okay. And I know, I know Matt Reeves has said, like, I, I know they just announced that there's a, there's like an actual direct sequel that they're working on. Um, I, Matt Reeves isn't directing it, I don't think, or no, he isn't, um, he's like executive producing it, um, but it's being written by a different person. But I know that Matt Reeves has said, like, if he made a sequel, like, obviously this might have changed because he said this probably in like 2010 or whatever. Uh, he, he said if he made a sequel, he would actually want it to be, like, the same event as the first Cloverfield, but from someone else's perspective. That would be cool, but I'm just a little worried that, uh, to me, I feel like for Cloverfield 2, they'd be like, we can't just do Cloverfield 1 again, so we're gonna do a story about this group of survivors who breaks into the Kaiju Corp, uh, office to like get shelter and then realizes that they know what's up and i i just i'm worried that like i would worry that that would just be like here now we need to sequelize and make uh make a bunch of uh just do a bunch of stuff like that does that make sense yeah no i i completely agree i'm i'm kind of of excited to see what they end up doing with the sequel i don't know yeah i don't know I like Ten Cloverfield Lane. I'm excited to eventually watch it again. I've heard I've heard that's really good. Ten Cloverfield Lane is good. Um, I actually kind of like the Cloverfield paradox, but I would have to watch it again to like give uh, a better opinion on it. I watched it like the night it came out, and then I uh haven't watched it since. <laughs> the Cloverfield paradox is such a cool. I, I wish the Cloverfield Paradox had uh, done what I wanted it to, which was like to change up how people do movie distribution, because there's something wild about the fact that they were just like, hey, there's a new movie that's out. It's a sequel to a massive, like, I get not a massive franchise, but like, you know, hey, it's a franchise thing that people care about. Uh, this movie that you all didn't know we were working on is out today. Um, and that was wild to me. And no one's done it since. I would yeah. love for... To me, I'm I'm very bored of knowing what Marvel movies are going to happen in five years. I would love it if at one point they were just like, hey, uh, you didn't know this, but we've been working on a movie about... I'm trying to think of a character to talk about, but they've all been mentioned in the movie, so like everyone speculates. But if they were just like, hey, uh, Fantastic Four is out today, and everyone go, excuse me? Yeah. God, no, I, I wish I wish we're... Uh more distribution companies would do that 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 would rule yeah i see a lot of people with like uh i know with wandavision um i'm not gonna make any real spoilers but a character mentions a uh knowing like a scientist in like an astrophysicist or something uh and people were speculated and they were just like i bet reed richards is gonna show up and it was like, I've been watching Marvel movies long enough to know that if they were going to make a Fantastic Four tie-in, they would have told you about that in a press release three years ago. Yeah. There's no such thing as a surprise in a Marvel movie these days. The only real surprise is that, like, uh, just that, like, uh, 
where was I going with this? Uh, the only real surprise is that like, oh, they're bringing in this side character I've never heard of or this side character that I didn't expect them to do anything with. They're not going to do that for a, a tent pole. Yeah. I, I, do, that, I, I do really want to rewatch Cloverfield Paradox. I feel like that movie was better than a lot of people gave it credit for. I, I, I've never seen it, but I'd be willing to check it out. After, after watching this movie, I actually, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, And so while I, I'm predicting that I would have gripes with those other movies, but I'm willing to give them a shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Cloverfield is the best one because 10 Cloverfield Lane and uh, the Cloverfield Paradox are kind of like, they took otherwise like independent scripts and they kind of rewrote them to tie into cloverfield so it hmm. doesn't feel quite as organic they did the die hard thing yeah and like okay. um and um there was a fourth movie that was supposed to be a part of it it was um oh overlord uh which is a great movie on its own and i would have been really mad if they had tied it into cloverfield <laughs> <laughs> i've never rules. heard of that one. Oh shit overlord rules you should watch it or we should okay. watch it for Freddy Dog's Spook Him Up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, good. It's um, not to like make this a, a podcast about another movie. Uh, it is. A- I already did it with Shin Godzilla. You're <laughs> clear. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a like independent horror movie that J.J. Abrams uh, produced through Bad Robot. Um, and it is about uh, this group of american soldiers uh that is that gets dropped um in germany like the day before d-day uh and they're trying to rendezvous with everyone else and they end up in this town where uh they discover like the nazis are like performing like secret zombie experiments wild it's really really good huh okay it didn't get a lot of attention while it was in theaters, but I really, really enjoyed it. I would check it out. That sounds like the kind of movie I would have heard about, but I somehow didn't. It's very good. <laughs> I liked cool, it cool, a cool. lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's all like it's all like unknown actors who were like super unknown when they when they found it. I, th- I feel like they're they're all mostly like still unknown actors. Um, so it's very cool. Because cool. it is, it is like definitely a World War Two movie, but just like also there are zombies there. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Um, and if they had like suddenly made the Cloverfield monster show up, I would have been really mad. I think. <laughs> <laughs> they're just those little parasites come out, and they're just like, yeah, that's where we got the blood that we used for the thing. Hope this thing doesn't come out of the ocean anytime soon. <laughs> Like I, I, I could kind of see where they might have tied it into Cloverfield, but like I would have been mad. <laughs> <laughs> Ten Cloverfield uh, Lane is good. I haven't watched it again since the first time I saw it, but I've, I've, I've heard that one's really good. It's uh, with uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and yeah. uh, John Goodman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is great in it. Can't go wrong with a cast like that. I know that people had gripes about like kind of the third act of it, but it's fine. <laughs> it's a good movie. Okay. I don't remember anything that happens in the Cloverfield Paradox. 
I have not seen it, so I will hopefully check that out sometime soon. Yeah, I have it on our on our list of meteor analysis movies. So now I know that these Cloverfield has an ARG. Uh-huh. Like period, right? Yeah. I know that much. Do the other movies have their own separate ARGs? And or did they like reawaken the old ARG to advertise those at all? So yes, uh Ten Cloverfield Lane picked up basically where the original Cloverfield arg ended, um, but was a lot smaller in scale. Okay. Um, it was it it only was like a couple months long, I think. Uh, whereas the original arg was like six months long or whatever. Um the Cloverfield Paradox, I don't think had anything. I'm trying to remember. I feel like it didn't because it was a secret release that they just kind of dropped. Yeah, that one, they announced it at the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then they dropped it like after the game ended. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I feel like that one didn't really have anything, but I know that people were like, speculating that it was gonna drop on the super bowl because that was when um the 10 cloverfield lane trailer originally had dropped like a couple years before Um, okay people were like i bet that this is gonna be a great like uh what am i saying people were like yeah they're they're probably gonna announce the trailer or whatever and they were like no have the fucking movie yeah and like people knew that there was a third cloverfield like tie-in movie kind of in the works but they didn't really know if it was ready yet because it had been in production hell for a while okay um and it was originally i think supposed to be released like a whole year or something before it it actually came out gotcha oh wait okay i'm seeing on its page that the arg did relaunch um and had a a little a couple of things going on, but it was literally like I think probably like a couple weeks before the film dropped that they did that. <laughs> well, all right, cool. I guess I don't think I have anything else to say about this movie except uh, it's good. You should check it out. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. I feel like people kind of dunk on it a lot for I don't know. <laughs> being a found footage movie that was made in 2008 i guess <laughs> i yeah i think that there's something i was about to say i think there's something dunkable in that but I, I i more mean that i think that like that is something that people like to dunk on a bit mm-hmm. uh, but it's one of those things that like this movie kind of started that trend and it wouldn't have done that if it wasn't good you know yeah um, exactly it's not when when trends like that kick off it's not because there was a shitty middling movie that did a thing you know what i mean mm-hmm like this movie holds up on its own, um, and I, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to, mostly because I've heard all that dunking. Yeah. So I'm glad I watched this. Thank you oh, for yeah. making me do it, Marn. I'm yes. not excited to watch uh, Scream next week, even though I'm Aww. sure I'll be saying this exact same thing. I just do not like slashers, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes too. <laughs> Hell yeah! There's also like a Cloverfield tie-in manga that all that only came out in Japan. I think. Wild. It's like it's about like a like a a Japanese school kid who has like a psychic connection to the Cloverfield monster. That's just Colossus. Yeah, a little bit. Shit, have you seen Colossus? I I I know of it. It's on my list. 
it's all right. It's not as good as I wanted it to be. That's pretty much what I've heard from everybody who saw it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, it sounds like uh, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you all for checking out Meteorg Analysis, uh, which, again, we swear is going to have a better time, a better title next month. Um, This one, I think, is going to be coming out on the 1st of March, but this is our February episode, so uh, you should keep an eye out for a March episode as well. So, uh... Wow, listeners, how come your dad lets you have two episodes? Uh, the maybe. answer is because it's hard to schedule. Yeah, maybe we'll watch <laughs> 10 Cloverfield Lane. You know what? I would do I would do that. I would do 10 Cloverfield Lane. And then oh, yeah. we'll just, I think we'll do our, our coverage this upcoming time about just uh, Cloverfields as a whole. Sound yeah. good? Yeah, nice. Hell yeah. Like well, uh, I hope you all like monster movies because you're in one. <laughs> That's meaty args, baby. I don't know how we end this. I don't remember. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Uh, Hell yeah. That's how we used to end the show before we... I know. Before you said, that's args, baby, isn't it? I forgot we used to do that. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.